Hello everybody and welcome to the Kintsugi Hope podcast. My name is Jess and I'm here today with a special guest, Heather Churchill. Heather, why don't you introduce yourself to our lovely listeners? Okay, hi Jess, thank you. So my name's Heather Churchill, Um, I'm a therapist. Uh, I've been working for Waverley Abbey College now as the head of counselling for more years than I would like to confess because it will make me sound very old if I tell you how long I've been there. But I basically run the counselling programmes that are delivered by Waverley Abbey College um, and that's a mixture of undergraduate programmes and also postgraduate programmes. Wow, that's amazing. Have you seen like an increase in interest in the programmes that you run over the last 18 months? Oh, Yes, I mean, I'd probably go back even further than that. We we started to become validated by a university back in 2010. And since from then to now, our programmes have virtually doubled in the size of students that uh, we've got. Um, and in recent years, they've definitely increased. My sense is that because of the pandemic and because of some of the mental health issues that will, I think, start to emerge. Um, I think that will continue. I think the need for qualified counsellors is huge and the need for qualified Christian counsellors is really important. So, yeah, my hope is it definitely will continue that increase. Wow, well done. Um, And today we're going to speak specifically about the topic of shame um, and... Uh, Waverley Abbey resources have written a great insight book around the topic of shame which you can buy from the Waverley Abbey resources website and it's just such a great way of looking at the topic um, in like a bite-sized version Um, but how would you in your own words Heather describe the difference between shame and guilt because they are two different things aren't they but we often associate them together I think of of all the questions you might want to ask me today, that's probably one of the most important ones. Because I think when we're trying to help others with shame or when we're trying to heal, find some healing for ourselves from shame, because every single one of us struggles with the issue of shame, it's really important to distinguish between guilt and shame because they are two very different things. So I guess... In a nutshell, I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible because what makes it complex is that guilt and shame are intertwined like that. So it's not it's not easy to separate them. But guilt, guilt is, in a sense, something that we've done against our own value system where we've done something where we know at a rational level, actually, we shouldn't have done that. Shame is much, much deeper. It's more a heart level. You'll you'll hear me talk today quite a lot more about heart issues because shame, in a sense, is that not that we've done something wrong, but that we are wrong, that we're rubbish, that we're awful, we're an awful person. There's something intrinsically wrong with us. And so that causes us to want to hide ourselves away and really struggle with being accepted by other people and that's that's a huge difference between shame and guilt wow that's so interesting I know that I've that's such a lovely way of describing guilt because you have that moment where you almost feel you feel frustrated with yourself don't you when you've done something 
that goes against your own values, something that's important to you that, um, and then you, I don't know, you speak about somebody in a bad way and actually your one of your values is to always, you know, speak kindly about people or not to gossip. And then when you do that thing, you feel like, you almost feel a bit dirty, don't you? You feel like, oh gosh, I've done something wrong. But you see, that's the difference be- between the shame and the guilt because when it's th- when we have that guilt where we've done something wrong, and I don't want to overly simplify this, but if we've done something wrong against our value system, then we actually can take that to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and, and receive forgiveness. Um, shame is completely different. Sh- with shame a number of my clients over the years they constantly ask for forgiveness they never feel forgiven because they feel it's them that's wrong it's not something that they've actually done as such and that's hugely different Mm. so would you describe shame as a as a feeling then it's really difficult because shame and guilt feel the same this is what makes it quite complex they it's the same sort of feeling and our language doesn't help as well you know we say to other people you should be ashamed of yourself for a wrong action when actually that's not what we should be saying at all so it's complex I think the easiest way that I can describe it is in a sense that guilt is more of a sort of rational mindset we know in our minds we've done something wrong we know that our minds are saying you know you you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have spoken about that person in the way that you spoke about that person you shouldn't have not you know done something that was wrong shame is very different shame is like our hearts it's it's like a belief and a feeling that's wrapped around our hearts which is what makes it so difficult to find healing from it's wrapped around our hearts which causes us to feel so awful about ourselves wow that's so interesting and in kintsugi hope wellbeing groups we speak about how guilt can actually be a helpful thing to help you strive for like better choices um maybe not make the same mistake again but shame is very different but speak a li- can you speak a little bit about how actually guilt can be a helpful thing yes it's interesting I was um I was writing some shame lectures for delivery at the Association of Christian Com- uh, Counselors Conference and um presenting them at the conference and there was about I don't know, 60, 70 people there that uh, I was delivering a day's worth of lectures on shame. And we got halfway through and I went back to the room that I had and just thought I'll just have a cup of tea and pray for a little bit. And as I started praying, I immediately, my mind went back to somewhere where that, that very day, I'd been having a cup of tea with a group of people and I'd actually said something really quite nasty about someone else. And as I thought about that, I really felt the Lord say, convict me of that sin, really, that I shouldn't have said that. And I started to talk to the Lord about it and say, I shouldn't have said that. I felt sorry. And that, in a sense, brought a release. It brought a sort of sense of freedom. It didn't bring condemnation. It brought a sense of I've recognised what I've done wrong. I've asked for forgiveness. Please forgive me, Lord. It brought brought a sense of release. 
And in a sense, that's the purpose of guilt. It should be leading us to, to ask for forgiveness. And as you say, not make another, try not to making the same mistake twice. It's got a healthy purpose to it. Shame is actually toxic because there's nothing to find release and freedom from it's a, it because it's not something that we've done wrong. So I have I've counseled over the years. The area I've specialised in is clients that have been sexually abused. They feel deep shame over something that is not their fault. They've not done anything wrong. That doesn't bring free, freedom. That's not healthy. It's it's unhealthy. It's quite toxic. So, yeah, so that's the difference between yeah, the two. That's, that's so good. How can we, how can we deal with the, the fact that you've said how shame can actually linger for quite a long time and guilt, we can either say, you know, ask God for forgiveness or we can actually ask for forgiveness from the person, from, an, from another individual and that can almost make us feel better and then we're able to move on with our lives and it might linger with us for a couple of days and we might feel like a bit rubbish about something we did for a couple of days but eventually we'll move on but shame is a lot more longer lasting and it can actually have an impact on our relationships our day-to-day choices how do we deal with the fact that shame can linger and what do we do about that whole process Okay, so there's two questions there. There's the question of why does shame sort of linger on? And the second question about what what do we do about it then? You know, if we if we're not taking it to the cross, how do we deal with it? So let me deal with the first first question first. Why does it linger? I think what's really important to realise with shame is that there's so many different theories out there, Jungian, psychodynamic, cognitive, behavioural. There's lots of different theories, but what they're united in by virtually all of them is the recognition that shame starts developing in early childhood. This isn't something that happens in adult life. Shame's got its roots in childhood with where there have been painful childhood life events even as early as sort of the toddler period. So the reason it lingers is it's so deep rooted. It's wrapped around the heart, as I explained earlier on. So that's in a sense why it lingers for so long. But I guess understanding that is important. But the, the question that is probably the most important question that our listeners are probably going to be the most interested in is, so what do you do about it then? If it's if it goes back to childhood, it lingers on, it's we don't find freedom from confessing it. What's the answer to it? And that, that's that's probably the most important question. I think one of the issues is that we want to be healed from shame without actually anyone else being involved in it because we're so deeply ashamed of of maybe our life story or what happened we don't want that to come out into the open we want to keep that hidden we want to hide that away and but the problem is shame doesn't get healed like that shame is healed by bringing it out into the open so that it's not in secrecy it's there's a sense of we've got the ability to talk about it. And, and what really brings healing from shame is experiencing love and acceptance from others 
when we start to tell our story of shame. And that's one of the sort of biggest healing that we can we can think about. Every single it's interesting because with with mental health conditions and difficulties and struggles, not all of us will have depression, not all of us will struggle with anxiety, not all will have eating disorders, not all will have issues with anger. But every single one of us has got an issue with shame because we've had difficult events that we've had to to work through in childhood and we've all got our own story of shame. Mm. And underpinning that story of shame at a very deep level, there's often stories of grief and loss, even sometimes the grief of a childhood that you didn't have that you would have liked to have had or the grief over an event that happened that shouldn't have happened. And sometimes it's even quite traumatic. And I guess bringing it into the open, taking the secrecy of shame away and receiving love and care from a counsellor or a really close trusted friend is the biggest thing that will bring healing from shame on our stories. It's, um, it's interesting because I think in trying to move into freedom from shame, one of the things that's really important to recognise is that people that really struggle with shame, have high levels of shame, are fantastic people helpers. They will come alongside other people and really help them um, and be compassionate and loving and gentle. They're brilliant with other people. They're just not brilliant at being compassionate and loving and accepting towards themselves. So they don't treat themselves as they treat other people. So in a sense, another part of the finding the freedom is is bringing the shame out into the open so that it's not hiding in secrecy, but also being able to treat yourself with compassion and love and gentleness and acceptance in a way that you probably do with other people, your closest friend. You wouldn't dream of beating them up and saying how awful they were, but you do that to yourself. So I think that's one of the sort of biggest ways of, of you know, in a very simplistic way of, of finding some freedom. It reminds me of... So I used to really struggle with shame um, and it was because of an incident that happened to me rather than an incident that I like provoked, I guess. And it was when I was young, I was a teenager and I got pushed into this situation with a boy and it just ended, I mean, you can fill in the gaps and it just, it ended awfully. And then for years, I carried around this, almost this burden, this like heavy blanket of just, I'm spoiled goods, I'm not good enough, um, yeah. it was my fault. Um, I just felt less than and it affected every area of my life my relationships with my future work colleagues my uni experience um and it wasn't until my there was an incident in a school I was working in a school as a youth worker and a very similar situation had happened with one of the pupils I was working with at the time um 
not to the same extent, but similar, enough for it to provoke this feeling in me of anger. And obviously I empathised with this young lady and I just lost it (laughs) in this room with this with this teenage boy we were we tried to get them together the the students together and we tried to like almost hold a bit of a conversation for them to talk about what was going on and I just kind of yeah I lost it and I was a student youth worker at the time and I was only 19 and my line manager kind of had to pull me to the side and go okay I think maybe you need to sit this one out and afterwards he asked me about it and he was like Jess what what was that like what is going on and I I explained to him what had happened because I I didn't really have a choice um and I just said this is what happened to me when I was young and I've been carrying it around for so long and I don't know what to do it's just affecting everything and he led in that like you said Heather that process of sharing my story in a safe environment with someone that I trusted enabled me to slowly let go of that shame and start to recognize that it wasn't my fault and I wasn't spoiled goods um but it was so so hard to do that um and he led me through this like time we just sat with one another and he led me through this time where I like named every person in the situation who I felt like had let me down or needed forgiveness and instead I was able to give out forgiveness rather than receive forgiveness because it was actually someone else that needed forgiving and I was never ever going to hear an apology from those people and that was almost it was really interesting because I for the first time I realized actually those two things forgiveness and shame go hand in hand and sometimes it's not yourself that needs you don't need to necessarily forgive yourself it's sometimes actually you need to give forgiveness to other people even when you haven't heard the words I'm sorry and that is so hard to do um but it you know and now it doesn't have such a big effect on me um but that I know that's not the same story for everybody um so I guess yeah go on after you I was just gonna say thank you so much for for being vulnerable and sharing what you've just shared I think there was some so much of really important stuff that it what you've just shared there I think the first thing was you know recognizing and acknowledging there was a trigger there that sparked something off in you and I think that's so true of shame that, that that we have triggers and the triggers will remind us of something happens in the here and now they remind us of what's happened in the past and I think yeah you talked about forgiveness so um maybe i'll just talk about that for just a moment if that would be all right i think i think we it's difficult because my even my secular colleagues who who wouldn't use the word forgiveness would use the term letting it go and they would they would use a different term and and for us as christians we would say forgiveness is really important and it is i'm not decrying that i think we 
must be careful not to rush ourselves or other people into forgiveness because there's almost there's a process there and as I was listening to you telling me that story that was so important that as you were sharing with the person that was helping you and coming alongside you there was a sort of sense in you of I want you know it's not it's about forgiving someone else for actually something that they did wrong and I think being able to recognise that this is something that other people have done to us, in a sense, is is really crucially important. And at some point, allowing yourself to say, I'm going to let that go, I'm going to forgive. That That's a key part of shame. But I think the biggest thing is I was just struck by your willingness to be vulnerable and share all of that on a podcast. Um, and the biggest thing from healing is being vulnerable it is actually being vulnerable bringing it out into the open stopping that sort of secret story of shame to to find healing absolutely thank you again for sharing that oh no you're welcome I think you um because it's been I don't know how long has it been five years since I had that moment with my line manager who kind of like guided me through that time of forgiveness he asked me the question are you ready to forgive and it wasn't him asking me with the expectation of me saying yes he was genuinely saying look you might not be you might not be ready and that's okay and actually that was one of the most helpful questions because I just took a moment and I was like yeah I am and it would have been totally fine for me to say no um and I think because it's been a period of time since since the incident happened and then obviously me kind of forgiving you then the ability to share I guess that story is it gets a little bit easier um so it doesn't feel so raw I guess is what I'm trying to say um so um I think it's so interesting how those two topics go hand in hand. Um, um, but you have to have, I guess, that freedom to share um, and a place where you feel accepted. And not everybody has that. And that's really what's crucial because it's it's being able to share the story of shame with someone that can be trusted because in a sense you're opening your heart when you share your story of shame you're opening your heart to someone and if you open the doors to your heart you really don't need anyone coming in with hobnail boots and trampling all over it you need someone that will come in with compassion and love and empathy and gentleness and if someone hasn't got that at this point of time in their life then that's where I would be saying try and find a counsellor counselling you don't not everybody needs counselling um but there are times when counselling can be really helpful and I think because counselling is in an environment where you're going to find love and acceptance and I say love in the purest sense of the word um then you will find a level of compassion and empathy but there's some great pastoral care workers out there as well in in our churches that if you can find someone that's really great in pastoral care and be able to share their story that's what you'll share your story that's what robs it of the secrecy and brings it out into the open that's lovely heather where would you um as a final thought where would you kind of signpost people to if they are looking to maybe get some help i know you mentioned the amazing association of christian counselors is there any 
any other resources and stuff out there for, for this particular topic that you would recommend? I mean, there are obviously Waverley Abbey College has got a small uh, find a counsellor service, but but by far and above head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of finding a counsellor it is the Association of Christian Counsellors. If you're, I mean, if you're not looking for a Christian counsellor, then the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy have lists of counsellors. The difficulty is that sometimes the best counsellors don't tend to advertise themselves because they're too that they get too full up. So, um, but certainly the Association of Christian Counselors have got a really wonderful find a counsellor resource. And you can pop on there, pop your postcode in, pop what the difficulty is and see what actually comes up. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Heather, thank you so much for taking time to chat to us today about this really important topic. Um, and yeah the links to uh the things that heather's just mentioned um will be in the description of the podcast if you'd like to check those out but please don't struggle alone um if you need to chat to somebody that doesn't have to be um a counselor but that could be a friend a family member just somebody that you trust don't struggle alone um and heather thank you so much for joining us today my absolute pleasure thank you